0: Welcome to The Dyad Presents, a video game music podcast. I'm The Dyad, and this is Metal Max. Contrast my general tone and demeanor with some high-energy, ship-blasting madness. Bringing us in this week is the battle theme from the Japan-exclusive game Metal Max. Released for the Famicom in 1991, it was composed by Satoshi Kadokura. Co-developed by Kriya Tech and Data East, and published by Data East exclusively, Metal Max is a sandbox role-playing game set in a futuristic, post-apocalyptic world. The only surviving humans live in underground villages and ruins, and monster hunters fight the monsters and outlaws outside. Oh yeah, and there are a ton of tanks. You basically cruise around in your tank in the overworld and even fight some of the battles from inside a tank. Metal Max was an early example of an open-ended, non-linear RPG. There's not a predetermined story path, and the player is given choice of which missions to follow. The ending is actually determined by the player and through their actions throughout the game. In fact, the player can actually compete the game at almost any time, and can continue playing the game even after the ending. The game also uses character classes, and as far as I can tell, 1991 is one of the earliest examples of doing so. The game also had a direct sequel, Metal Max 2, and a Super Famicom remake as Metal Max Returns. The original Metal Max sold 150,000 copies in Japan, with Metal Max Returns selling more than 170,000 copies. Shockingly, the remake sold at a price of about 12,800 yen per copy, which is the equivalent of around 165 US dollars. You can get it secondhand now for not too expensive. There's an English translation repro cart that goes for around $40 and the Super Famicom original Japanese carts are about $15 to $20 cheaper than that. Um, I'm pretty intrigued by the game, I may even actually try and pick one up myself. But let's move on to get into some top of the show business. And by that I mean corrections, mostly. Between the time I recorded and posted episode 13, Go Down Gambling, I discovered a mistake I had made. I did a short write-up on the blog post, but since it's pretty much only Utopia Nemo who reads that stuff, I thought I would just read what I wrote in today's episode. I discovered that I had misstated the composer information for Casino Kid 2. Originally, I read that the soundtrack was composed by Toshio Murai, but the actual Endgame credits list composers only as E.I.M. Limited. E.I.M. stands for Entertainment, Imagination, and Magnificence. And after some further research, it seems that the likely composers are actually Kenji Eno and Ichiya Hirasawa. I'm still not certain, but I feel much more comfortable listing them instead of Murai. My second correction is less straightforward. Over Memorial Day weekend, I found myself assembling some fine Swedish imported furniture, listening to old episodes of the Impulse Project podcast. Interestingly enough, during their episode introducing the Game Boy sound chip, episode 20 for those keeping score at home, they played a track called VIP by Laxity, AKA Thomas Peterson, and sometimes Lax, from the group Capital, well, coincidentally, I had also played the same track in an earlier episode of my own show, but, as it appears on the soundtrack for the Game Boy Color game, Puzzled. The disconnect comes by way of my attributing the track to Thomas Mogensen, aka Drax. Since I barely found any information on the game itself, I relied on a popular YouTube uploader for the composer information. I did see that Moby Games, the website, also listed Thomas Mogensen as the composer. So. Here are a few of my theories on what's actually going on here. One, it could be that the two names just sound alike. Both are named Thomas, and their handles Lax and Drax could easily be transposed, maybe. Two, they were both members of the Maniacs of Noise group, so that could either add to the confusion I just mentioned, or it could also be that Mogensen was working on Puzzled and needed an extra song for the soundtrack could be that Laxity allowed him to use his composition as a background track for the game. I personally think this is probably the more likely reason. Or three, they composed the song together. In trying to research the correction, I found a couple of sites that did list the track as composed by both Thomas Mogensen, Drax, and Thomas E. Peterson, Laxity. For example, snesmusic.org was one of the sites that listed both as composers, and I've found them to be generally pretty reputable. As for a resolution, I don't think I'm going to get a clear answer on this. Uh, Maybe I ought to reach out to Ed or Brian from Impulse Project and see what they think. Anyway, moving on from the arcade game Thunder Dragon 2, composed by Manabu Namiki, this is Fly to Live 1. Dragon 2 was developed by Banpresto, produced by NMK, and released in 1993. During my research, I read this succinct description. As in the original, you control a jet, shooting at other jets. And that's about all you need to know. It's a top-down shoot-em-up complete with the standard fare for the genre, power-ups, parallax scrolling, and a pretty cool soundtrack. The one slight departure from other common scrolling shooters is the setting. Thunder Dragon 2 uses contemporary airplanes rather than alien spaceships. As for NMK, they're also known for producing the arcade games Bomb Jack Twin, Z Blade, Quiz Panikuru Fantasy, Hacha Mecha Fighter, Thunder Dragon 1, and Double Dealer. Banpresto, on the other hand, is a Japanese toy company best known in America for game development. The company was founded in 1977 as Hoe Sangyo Co. Limited, but was renamed Coreland in 1982. During the 1980s, it worked mainly as a subcontractor for Sega's arcade division. Banpresto has been partially owned by Bandai since 1989, which resulted in the change to its current name. Banpresto is responsible for a bunch of Japan-only titles, most notably the Super Robot Wars series, which became so popular that three games of the series were later translated and released in the global market. Other products include anime tie-in games such as the Slam Dunk Basketball games and Tenshi Muyo Game Pen. Ben Presto is also responsible for the Another Century's Episode series, a collaboration with From Software. And using their Bandai connection, the Kompati Hero series of games that crossover Ultraman, Kamen Rider and the Gundam franchises. Now Banpresto focuses on several varieties of mechanical prize-winning games. I'm not 100% sure what that means exactly, I assumed it was either claw games or more likely gachapon machines. I found a manufacturer webpage that lists Banpresto as manufacturer of several plastic figurines of popular anime series, and Banpresto's own webpage has a similar inventory. That leads me to believe that it's probably more likely Gachapon and less likely to be a crane game, although I suppose either is still possible. Gachapon are the iconic and ubiquitous Japanese capsule machines. They're coin-operated toy dispensers, usually ranging in price from 100 to 500 yen, which is around 1 to 5 bucks, and unlike most Western toy vending machines, the goodies inside aren't crabby throwaways, but relatively high-quality, limited-edition swag. And because they are usually related to pop culture, they're popular among both collectors and casual fans. Next up, a return to the X68000. I've had this track on my list for a while. I love the harmonica, I think. Oh man, I I really do dig this track. From the game Pinky Ponky, composed by Taguchi Yasuhiro, a.k.a. Oshima, this is the elevator of the department store we need in my life right now. I'm guessing from the title of this track that it's supposed to be a light elevator music fair, but I think it's gone more into smooth jam territory. I don't think elevator tunes have that wild bass action. Pinky Ponky is a series of adult games with dating simulation and visual novel elements created by Elf. I'm pretty sure this comes from the original game in the series, Pinky Ponky Daiichi Shu. Beautiful Dream, released in 1989. Amusingly, the title screen reminds the player to, Remember, this is a game about picking up girls. No matter how well you do in the game, you shouldn't get all confident and actually try to pick up girls. It will only end badly. Elf assumes no liability in such cases. The first chapter in the series has the player as a young male student who is seeing an erotic dream. In typical dating game fashion, the game depicts his fictional encounters with various young women in different locations, and the gameplay consists entirely of selecting dialogue lines. Each girl has a satisfaction bar that must be increased by choosing the right lines. As far as the term Pinky Ponky, there are a couple of dubious places I found some etymology. It could either come from a children's rhyme about a dad buying a donkey, or alternatively Urban Dictionary lists Pinky Ponky as a Japanese phrase to mean something that is cute or chibi. A paragon of journalism it isn't, but Urban Dictionary might be dead on with this one. Next, another double feature. From the game Mega Man 5 for the Famicom slash NES, composed by Mari Yamaguchi, this is the Stone Man theme followed by the Wave Man theme. episode that Mega Man was one of my all-time favorite franchises for game music. Mega Man 5 is one of my favorite entries in this series. Part of that comes from my familiarity with the game. When I was a kid, we owned Mega Man 3 and 5, and I played the crap out of them, especially 3 because I owned it a little bit longer. Eventually, I fleshed out my collection a bit more and picked up 2 and 4. I think the usual debate for best Mega Man is two versus three, and I agree that those are the most pure, but I'll always have a fondness for number five. Played another Mega Man track by Mari Yamaguchi in episode one, second to one. If you recall, she composed one of the Robot Master themes for the 2010 throwback, Mega Man 10. I look forward to playing some of her non-Mega Man work in the future, and I'll probably get a little bit deeper into her bio then. You can always revisit episode 1 if you want to hear a little bit more about her. Moving on to the last track of the day, we're going to be jumping forward to the big scary future of gaming, the PlayStation 1. Beep. Another scrolling shoot-em-up, the game I'm playing is called Xanac. Sounds relaxing. Designed by Compile, the game was published in Japan by Pony Canyon and in North America by FCI. It was originally released for the MSX, the Famicom Disk System, the NES, and later for the Virtual Console. It was also reworked for the MSX2 computer as Xanax EX, and for the PlayStation as Zanac X Xanax, which is the version I'll be playing. In the game, players fly a lone starfighter, the AFX 6502 Xanax. You travel through 12 levels and try to destroy the capital S system, a part-organic, heart-mechanical being bent on destroying mankind. PlayStation version was released in Japan on November 29th, 2001 to commemorate the 15th anniversary of the original. The compilation features an updated version of Zanac, called Zanac Neo, and three versions of the NES variants of the game. These included enhanced graphics and sound as well as a remix of the game's soundtrack. The remix version is what I'll be playing from today. And for your dose of Inside Baseball this week, this track was slated for the upcoming Space Jams 2 episode that I'm working on. But I'm trying to hold off for a while. The first one wasn't that long ago. Since I've been playing a bit 8-bit heavy this week, I thought I could use this as a nice modern track to send us off. And modern is in quotes. The song itself is replete with breakbeat drums, synth, and nice spacey bells, Kodo, I have a feeling we're not in 1988 anymore. Anyway, that's going to do it for this week. But before I go, as always, special thanks to Alan Euler, a.k.a. Periodical, for mixing and editing the show. You can follow the show at thediadpresents.blogspot.com and you can subscribe via your favorite podcatcher. Don't forget to rate the show on iTunes and you can follow me on Twitter at thediad. You can also email me at thediadpresents at gmail.com there's a Facebook page you can find by the name of the podcast or by At The Diad, and you can also, I don't know, you could try Semaphore. I might see it. Oh man, I can't believe I burned my Semaphore joke in the outro. Pretend I didn't say that. I'm going to talk about it in a later episode. Hands off keyboards, no looking it up. That's peaking. Until next time, from the PlayStation 1 version Xanak X originally composed by Masatomo Miyamoto, and remixed by Katsumi Tanaka, this is Snowfield Story.